Good morning, Crossroads. Thank you all for making on a rainy morning. Rainy Sunday morning. We're happy to see you here this morning. For everyone who's tuning in online, I want to thank you for joining us. For everyone in the auditorium, would you please stand and worship with us this morning?
to be able to say his name from our lips every day and to trust in Jesus.
was trying to communicate with me, and I'm not sure what he was saying. Wife, don't you love that song? <laughs> I love that song. Let's sing that. Let's sing that chorus, Acapulco. Really? Yes, let's okay, do it. Dave, Ready? Try need, it. Ready? Need the words. How's it go? Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Now you can tell everybody you've been to Acapulco this morning. God bless you. You may be seated. Man, let's thank our great God. Amen. What a great God we serve today. What a great God. I am so thrilled to be worshiping with you this year. 2022 is here. Some of you were worried about the ice last night. They were telling you to stay home, and I'm glad you didn't listen. All right? I'm glad that you're here today. God is so good. I want to welcome everyone here. If this is your first time or second time here today, I want to encourage you, please stop by our welcome center in the floor. We have a gift. We'd just like to say welcome and thank you for joining us today. And um, if, you, uh, if you have any questions about the church, they will find the answer for it out there, okay? So we want to encourage you along the journey here as you are attending the church and just seeing what God has in store for your life. And then also I want to encourage you, we have just a few announcements today. The 21 Days of Prayer is coming up. That is starting today. What I want to encourage everyone to do is if you would take your bulletin, and on the inside of your bulletin, there's a paper that says 21 Days of Prayer, and it has the dates, January 9th through the 29th. I want to encourage you to make a commitment that you will pray every day for the next 21 days that you will meet with God, that you'll spend some time with the Lord. And if you will just put your name on there, your email, and put that in the box. You'll go out in the foyer. There's a 21 days of prayer table in the foyer. And if you would take that and just place that in the box, I will pray over your name every day for the next 21 days. As we are just seeking the Lord in prayer, this will be my part to encourage you along the journey. Just put that in there, and we will pray for you. If you'd like to be on a, uh, on a text, uh, we, we were going to send out a text message every day. If we hit the, hit the click again, that will bring up the text message across the bottom there, okay? Text to uh, CR21 days to the number 9400. So if you just pull out your cell phone right now, Make a text, send it to the number 9400, and send CR21 days. That is the keyword that you have to place in, your, in the field of your text. And then that will put you onto a, uh, a text list, and you will receive a, a text from us every day starting tomorrow for the next 21 days as we seek the Lord together in prayer. In the foyer, you're going to notice there are prayer journals that says 21 days of dangerous prayer. These are 21 dangerous prayers. I want to encourage you, everybody, these are free for the taking. I want everybody in the church to take one on the way out of here. And as you take this, I want you to just come along. And each day, these are not blank prayer journals. Last year, we handed out blank paper for you to fill in. This year, this particular journal has 21 dangerous prayers. And you start off each day with a dangerous prayer. A dangerous prayer is something that's a little bit more than, Lord, bless me. It's something a little bit more than, Lord, make me feel good today. This is, Lord, search me. Lord, change me. Lord, 
work in my life. And so as you take this, I want to encourage you. It's a, you can do it in just a very few short moments. You, you, read, you read the one page, and then it has five questions that you fill in as your journal. So I want to encourage you. These are free for the taking. This is to help you on the 21 days of prayer. We have enough for everyone. I want everyone to get one on the way out. So I want to encourage you along the journey. So on the 21 days of prayer, we have this morning with us our children's ministries coming up, and they're going to share with us just what happened for them in their birthday gift to Jesus and also what they're doing with the 21 days of prayer. So would you welcome Kim and Chrissy as they share with the children this morning? Good morning. I'm Chrissy. This is Kim. And uh, we just wanted to share with you a little bit about what's happening downstairs in the Canopy Kids. So I have Adeline here, and this is Junior, and Addie, and Wyatt. And uh, they're going to share with you um, what's going on with our birthday gift to Jesus. So um, Addie, come over here, babe. Uh, we, we had a picture. We forgot to get it up on the screen, so forgive us. But um, we did something fun downstairs with the kids. I know up here we have the thermometer, and we watched the thermometer get higher and higher. And um, we did something cool with the kids, and Addie's going to tell you about it. So we used a cross, and every time that we would bring in money, we would take an ornament and put it into the cross, and we would watch it fill up. And as it was filling up, that the cross would tell us what... Um, how much money we have we have been giving to God? Yep. And um, how how big was the cross? Um, it w- yeah, it was it was taller. Yeah, it was pretty big. It was taller than us, and so it was a really big cross. It was the one we had out there for the um, Operation Christmas Child, and um, some of our work guys on Wednesday they did some revamping to it, and uh, it made it usable for us. So it was really cool. The kids had a great time. And then Adeline, what was our goal? $550. Yeah. And then how much did you guys bring in? $902.08. All right. And then Junior, where are we sending the money to, buddy? To the missionaries. All right. Tell them their names. Ana de Gonzalez. Where do they live? Ecuador. And then uh, we always try to make it fun and give them a little bit of an incentive. So, um, Wyatt, tell us what we're going to do next week um, for because we got our goal and we're going to celebrate what God's doing. So, what are we going to do? We're going to have Sunday Fun Day, and it's going to be we're just going to have a lot of fun on Sunday. We're going to have snacks and play games in the gym. Yeah. So uh, that's exciting. We're looking forward to next week, and then Kim's going to share what we're doing for the 21 Days of Prayer. Yeah, <clears throat> so we want to jump on uh, the 21 Days of Prayer. We're um, praying that uh, this will go through the entire family, and so we want to involve the kids, and we want this to be something that they learn um, to, to meet with God every day. It's the most exciting part of our day to meet with our Creator. And so we've created these little poppets, we're calling them, and uh, downstairs when you pick up your kids, you can grab one of these. It's for one for um, the whole family. And we have a sheet down there explains uh, basically how to go through this. But this is to just to create some fun and excitement for the kids so that they can get in God's word and, and be praying every day as well. So um, we thank you all for our prayers, uh, for praying for um, the children's ministry. And um, we look forward to seeing what God's going to do through everyone. Ken wants us to show you how it works. So, all right, Junior, why don't you pop one of the days, buddy?
Okay, so it says on day two, it says to read Deuteronomy 31.6, and then it says to talk about it, and it has a little, um, it tells you kind of like where to go, what, what that scripture is about, and then how to pray about it, and then there's always a little something to do each day. So the first one says, list things you don't need to be afraid of and things that you can have peace about. And so it's encouraging the kids to, to not only read God's word and to pray, but then to take action um, on it. So, and then the last day of each week, there's a little surprise in there for the kids. Isn't that wonderful? Let's thank God for what's happening with our children, man. We love that. We love that. I thank God for all that's happening downstairs with our children, and I thank God for what's happening with you. So I want to encourage you to be a part of the 21 days of prayer, um, and let's, let's do this together as a church. Our kids are doing it. The teenagers have a prayer journal, and we have a prayer journal for you. And as we seek the Lord in 2022, we're going to see what God is going to do in our church and in our lives. And so I, I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to call us to prayer. There are certain times that we call you to prayer, and this is one of them, Call a call to prayer throughout this time. And then I want to show you with our, our update on the birthday gift to Jesus. You know, our update is we set the goal at $100,000. And so as we click it again, watch what happens here. 114000 has come in. Can we thank God for that? Amen? So, so God has been good. He's been faithful. And all the missionaries on that list, we're going to do everything that comes in. So we exceeded the goal so far by 14000 Anything else that comes in, you can still continue to give. Just designated birthday gift to Jesus, and it will go directly to the missionaries. And these checks are going out of here this week. We're starting to send them out, and as more comes in, we'll send them some more. And so we are thanking God for this wonderful opportunity that we have. And I want to say thank you, church. We're going to have a celebration. I think we should have Sunday fun. What do you guys think? You know, what is that? You know, you got to be stuck with me. You know, I want to have Sunday fun day, right? So we're going to have a Sunday fun day coming up here in a few weeks, and we're just going to celebrate what God has done, and we thank the Lord for all that He's doing. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Father God, we come before you, and we just thank you, Lord. You've been so good to us. You are moving in mighty ways. And, Lord, I pray that you put your hand upon the church, Lord, as we meet with you for 21 days, Lord, as we just ask you, God, to transform our lives, transform us from the inside out. Lord, as we pray these dangerous prayers, uh, they're really not dangerous, but from the world's perspective, wow, what, God, what might God want to do in my life? And so, Lord, as we look into, the, into your word, as we uh, pray your word back to you, as we think about who you are and take some time and slow down our life to hear from on high from the Almighty. Lord, as we do this together, we're all getting on the same page. God, I pray you'll do something powerful. Transform us, Lord. God, we thank you for the birthday gift of Jesus. We don't take that for granted. Lord, you have provided above and beyond what we could ask or think. And, Lord, the missionaries that have been praying for needs out there, the kids in Ecuador, the kids in the Philippines, the, the, the kids over in the Middle East, kids that are going to be receiving uh, from you, Lord, the, your provision, a meal in the name of Jesus. Uh, maybe we're helping a missionary with just a daily need that they have. God, I pray that you will do what only you can do, and you will get the honor and the glory for all that you have done. Lord, as we continue to watch you bless Lord, I pray that you'll continue to uh, just bless each gift and each giver. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us one more time, please, as we sing and praise God through this next song.
God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those of heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.
Would you pray with me, please, this morning? Father God, you are truly so worthy to be praised, Lord. And as we lift your name on high today, singing, how great thou art. Lord, you are great. You are mighty. You are king. You are a warrior for us, Lord. You are our savior. You are our friend. And the names go on and on and on, just glorifying who you are in our lives. God, thank you so much for the gift of salvation. Thank you so much for laying your life down for us, Lord God. You left heaven. You came to earth. And you are now back in heaven, preparing a place for those who trust you as their Lord and Savior. God, I pray that as the word is opened up today, Lord, that our hearts will be open to hear what you want us to hear today so that we can spend time in prayer, spend time in fasting for a world that is lost. Lord, we love you, we praise your name, and we thank you again for being a God that is worthy of all of our praise. Amen. Proverbs, things that are going to help you in your life. As you look at the book of Proverbs, you've known it as Proverbs. If you're Pastor Ken from the little town of Dormont, you know it as Proverbs, right? That's how I, I remember it. It's pro. These are things that are going to help you, things that if you do them, they're going to help you in your life. And God's given us all this wisdom. So as we, we're talking about moving into 2022, God has already given you the wisdom that you need. My tagline on, on your bulletin there says that it's ancient wisdom for 2022. And it's wisdom that God gave long ago, and he says it's still good for today. And as you go through and you discover it, you're going to find out how important it is for your life today. Today we're going to look at one of the topics that we see in the book of Proverbs. And as you look at these things that God wants you to do, um, you're going to find out that this one particular today can help you in your marriage. This one can help you in all of your relationship. This one can help you at work. This can help you in every area of your life. So if you need help in any of those areas, pay attention, all right? Because um, I need help in all those areas, and that's why I have to pay attention. On the back of your notes, you'll notice there's an outline. I'm going to try and follow that outline. I don't always do well at that, but I'm going to give it my best shot, right? So I want to encourage you today, one of the smallest, little, greatest troublemaker in your life. I want you to think about that. What would be the smallest little but greatest troublemaker in your life. And that smallest little troublemaker, I want you to think, the thing that is so small that can cause the biggest problems for you is right here on your face, right here in your mouth. And as, and as you go through the book of Proverbs, you'll see that there are over 120 verses that talk about the mouth. 120 verses just in 31 chapters that talk about the mouth. So you want to talk about some wisdom that can really help us because this thing here can get us into trouble more than anything else. I want, I want you to think about this because, you know, when you look at books and you see how many words are in a book 
If you pick up a Tom Clancy book, Hunt for Red October, Cardinal of the Kremlin, you pick up any of those, you know, they make good, good uh, doorstops. You can hold your door open with them. They're so thick, right? Uh, each one of them will go from about five to 700 pages. And my understanding is that each one of those books is about a half a million to three-quarter million words. And if you were to think about how long it would take you to speak a half a million or three-quarter million words, I think you'll be surprised. Uh, researchers have found that the human, the average human, opens their mouth 700 times a day. Now, could you imagine who studied that? Walk around and follow me. Click, 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 click. Every time we open his mouth. Every time we open up our mouth 700 times a day. And out of that, through that 700 times a day, comes an average of about 20,000 words. That's just for the men. The women is about 30,000 words. Ladies, I did not make that up. Okay? That is not my, I, this is not me. That is just, I have to share the truth sometimes. If you were to take all of your words and you were to put them into books, you would have 66 books that are more than 800 pages each for one year of talking. So what I want to catch this morning, I want you to catch it because we say a lot of things and we live in a world where they think that you can say one thing and then you can just change it all the time. Have you noticed that? It changes all the time. But I'll tell you what, God says that your words matter. And the first thing I want you to put in your notes this morning is is that my words are important. My words, what you speak, are important. Proverbs 13, chapter 3 says this, that the one who guards his mouth preserves his life. You want to preserve your life? You want to preserve your marriage? Guard your mouth. You want to preserve your job? Guard your mouth. Uh, the one who opens wide his lips, lips comes to ruin. So as we go through, and you know, many people say, well, I just let him have a piece of my mind. Well, that's really cool. <laughs> Look at your marriage. Look at your family. Look at your relationships. Look at your life. But I had to get it off my chest, and I just, I feel, yeah, okay, well, God's given us some wisdom here. And he says that my words are important. So your words, the words that you speak are important. And when you think about that, all the words, if, if that were us, 66 books from one year of your words, what would, be, what would the titles be? What would the volumes look like? Would anybody want to read them again? Would, would they be like, oh, man, that, those were so nasty? Or would they be like, man, I'd love to hear that again? And so the words that we speak are important because of the sheer quantity of the words and because of the power of words. You know, words, when you hear somebody make a statement, uh, their words ring true, and you can hear them for many, many years. The very first words ever spoken on a telephone, you can look this up. The very first words, whenever they start, the very first conversation on a telephone was this, Mr. Watson, come here, I want you. Could you imagine that? Now, everybody, uh, you know, knows that statement. That's a very familiar statement. The very first words that were sent by Moore's Code were this, what hath God wrought? Well, in other words, what has God done? And they're, they're seeing the power of God. So what has God done? goes through the very first words on Morse code. How about when the man stepped on moon some 50 years ago? What was his famous line, right? One small step for man and one giant leap for what? Yeah, you remember those words. They're powerful, right? They were a, a, an incredible memory. Here's another one. A, a president long ago said this. Ask not what your country can do for you. Instead, ask what you can. 
Mm, we could use a dose of that statement today, couldn't we? Wow. Words are powerful, aren't they not? They're, they're powerful. Here's another one. You recognize this one. Four score and... Yeah, that's all I memorized of that whole speech. I can read the rest of it to you. But words are important. And so Proverbs 18, chapter 18, verse 20 and 21 says that from the fruit of his mouth, from the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled. From the fruit of in other words, listen, your words will either encourage or discourage. From the fruit of the mouth, a man's stomach is filled. Some of you make your living by what you say. You're a salesman. Salesmen, they gotta know what they're saying, right? If they if they if they don't have the right words, man, it's over. There's, your stomach's not full. But even beyond that, he says, "Listen, the fruit of his mouth, a, a wise man, his mouth is gonna is gonna be filling. It's gonna be encouraging. What the har- uh, with the harvest from his lips, he is satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death. Your tongue can either destroy." Or it can encourage. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So, you know, when somebody is, is giving good words, you love to hear good words, don't you? Like somebody's encouraging you, they're building you up, you're saying, man, I want to hear more of that. Somebody's coming and being negative and down and, and nasty. You say, oh, I, I think I'm going to avoid that person, right? Why? Because you don't want to hear negative. You don't want to be pulled down. Your words are so powerful. And so the scriptures are te- the scripture teaches us here is that my words can be destructive or they can make a difference. And it is so true, isn't it? Like what, what I say, I come home and I, I can say things around the house. And whenever I say something, everybody's listening because dad is like when dad speaks, they will hold everything against you. Do you ever notice that? Everything you say can and will be used against you. Do you feel like that sometimes, right? So therefore, I must be careful with what I say. It doesn't mean that they're bad. It means that I have power as dad. And therefore, I've got to be careful. My mouth can be destructive or it can be a difference maker in their life. Oh, how can your, how can your, mouth, uh, how can your mouth just do that? And I, I want, I'm just going to show you a few things from, from the book of Proverbs here. I'm going to give you a lot of verses. I'm not going to give you all 120 verses this morning. But we're just going to hit some highlight of a number of these wisdom sayings that the Lord has given to us because they're so powerful. The right use of our tongue. How can we make a difference with our tongue? First of all, is to give wise counsel. You know, when you give somebody some wise counsel, some sound advice, boy, it is so encouraging to you when you're the giver of that. And it's encouraging to the person who is the receiver of that advice. Throughout the years, I've watched many people in the church, and, and I'll say, how are you doing today? And they'll say, man, I just had a great meeting with, and they'll tell me the person in the church who has encouraged them. Or maybe it's a person that they got together and they prayed with. It was their words that made a difference. They gave them wise counsel. The mouth of the righteous, Proverbs 10:31. the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. Oh, my goodness, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. The lips of the wise spread knowledge. Proverbs fifteen seven. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the heart of the heart of a fool does not do that. And so, if if you want to get around wise people, I encourage you to get around wise, godly people. 
Um, there was a fellow in my life several years ago. I uh, I was going through a, a struggle, just life struggle. You know, you're you're in ministry, youth ministry, and we're doing life that we were doing here at the church. And my wife and I, we just had issues that were on our heart. We're praying, and and I'll never forget. I called a friend of mine who was not around here. He was a wise person, and I always respected him for his wisdom. So I called him. He he actually lives up in in uh, Maine or New Hampshire. He talks like that up there, you know. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's like, how are you, Ken? You know, so uh, I, you don't talk to him a whole lot because you have, need an interpreter a little bit, you know. But uh, he, he's, uh, he has that New England, deep New England accent, right? And so I call him. I called him up, and I hadn't talked to him in years. And, and I said, hey, here's the situation that's going on in my life. And I have these decisions that I could make. So between this, there's A and there's B. And I think that I want to do A. And I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, you know, you could do that. That's not a wrong decision. But it's not wise. And I didn't want to hear that. I thought he'd tell me to do A. I thought he would encourage me to go the route that I wanted to go. And he came and he gave me wise counsel. And as he gave me wise counsel, my good friend, Brian Gower, I love this guy. He says, I just would think twice. I I wouldn't do that. If I were you, the word is no, stop, seek the Lord, wait on his leading for something else. But that decision that you said to me is not what I would see that is the right decision. And you see, when godly people speak into your life, when they give you godly advice, it is transforming. And I want to encourage you to find somebody in your life that will speak into your life and give you godly advice. Another one of my godly advice people in my life sitting on the front row gets mad every time I pick on him over here, Roger Metcalf. Roger is a man of wisdom. When Roger speaks, everybody listens. I want to, let's give Roger a hand. We thank God for Roger Metcalf. Uh, Roger watches his words. He doesn't say things he doesn't mean. And, uh, and some things, and he never says mean things. But sometimes he says things I need to hear. And I thank God for many people like that. And so you can give wise counsel. Um, that is a, a good way. Another way is to rebuke, you know, to reprove or admonish a friend, confront a friend. The scriptures talk a lot about confrontation. So how can you make a difference uh, with your mouth? You confront somebody. And confrontation doesn't mean, all right, I'm going to get in your face. It means, hey, like my friend said to me, I wouldn't do it like that. Sometimes you're watching some of your friends and your friends will do something. And, and as they go to do something, that it's, it's self-destructing. They're destroying their life. And so we're going to sit back and say, oh, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to help them because I'm, I'm too afraid of hurting them. Well, if they continue down that path, they are hurting themselves. They are self-destructing. And so when we come and we confront a friend, you're using your tongue to make a difference. You see, the Scripture says they bring your words either bring life or they bring death. So how do you bring life? Sometimes you bring life with a medicine. You remember when you were a kid, your mom made you drink that cough syrup back before they made it fruit flavored? You know, man, a day. And then you stop coughing. And that's what a good friend will do for you. Sometimes a good friend loves you enough to say, you need to swallow this. I know you don't want to swallow it. A rebuke impresses a man of discernment. 
Proverbs 17.10. A rebuke impresses a man of discernment more than a hundred lashes for a fool. You see, you could beat a fool a hundred times and he ain't going to get it. You give a man who loves the Lord and a rebuke from a godly person comes from that person. He says, I will listen. I will listen. I don't understand. I may not like this. But I will listen. And I want to encourage you to have that attitude when somebody comes to you. And also to, uh, to be encouraged to help others in your life like that. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. You know, if a friend comes and gives you a wound, man, it's way better than an enemy. You know, when my friends wound me... Um, you know, they're, they're coming and they're trying to tell me, hey, this is an issue. And, and if you work on this issue, it's going to really help you. And you say, man, that's wonderful. But when an enemy comes and wounds you, it's vicious and it's, it's divisive. It's destroying. So faithful are the wounds of a friend. And I would encourage you, don't be afraid to, to wound your friend. <laughs> don't be afraid to tell your friend, hey, I, I don't think this is healthy for you. I, I you know, I've been watching you. you. You tell me that you love the Lord. And, and then on this hand over here, you're, you're kind of making decisions that are opposite of what you're trying to do in your life. And so I want to encourage you. Use your, use your mouth. My friend that uh, came to me and encouraged me, I thank God for that. And, and that's the way God will work in your life. When a friend comes to you and, and confronts you or rebukes you, in the end you say, Lord, I thank God for that. Now, is that the wisdom of the world? No. The wisdom of the world says when somebody tells you something, you get back at them. Don't let anybody hurt you. It's all about your feelings. It's all about how you feel. And God says, listen, I've got something much deeper than that. I'm transforming your character. And so God wants to take your character, and he wants to change you from the inside out. And then we give encouragement. You know, that's another way that we bring life is to give encouragement. As you give encouragement, your mouth makes a difference. You're encouraging somebody. You're building them up. Proverbs 12.25 says that worry weighs a man down, but an encouraging word cheers a person up. You know, um, worry will pull you down. We live in a world where there's a lot of worry. Um, Another translation says it like this, an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. So what you need, the, the world is so negative right now, isn't it? Like how many negative messages do you hear in a day? Try to count them. Like, on, just turn the radio on on the way home. Listen to the news. No, don't listen to the news. Listen, just, just, just go out there and, and listen to anything. How about your friends? How many times has anybody ever called you and said, Hey, I got good news today. Typically, your friend calls, Man, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? They wrecked their car. Instead of like, Hey, did you hear about so-and-so? They made it up to Church Hill. <laughs> That's good news today, yeah? Like this morning, I was like thinking, all, you know, before you go to bed last night, they, they put on that news, you know, the, like, like the weather people, like they're God or something, right? You know, stay home. I'm like, Lord, please don't let your people watch this newscast. Because I'm getting up that hill no matter what. And here you are this morning, and you overcame the negative news. And so before I went to the bed last night, I said, Lord, I have to take the negative news. Now, it could be true. There could be ice. But at the end of the day, I've got to relax. I've got to trust God. And the anxiety can pull me down or the good word pulls me up. God's word is the ultimate good word. 
And I want to encourage you, get into this 21 days of prayer. Get into a Bible reading plan. The more you hear the good word of the Lord, it's going to change your heart. Gentle words, Proverbs 15:4. gentle words are a tree of life. Oh, they bring life. Gentle words bring life to your soul. Uh, Proverbs 15:23 says that a man finds joy in giving an apt reply. And how good it is for a timely word. Oh, there's so much about, the, about, the, about the, uh, the, the good words that you can say and how you can transform somebody. The scriptures also tell us that words are like a honeycomb. Good words are like a honeycomb. Sweet, it says. Sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. And you want, you want to work on your health? Just, just that alone. Surround yourself with people who are speaking the right things into your heart and to your soul. Surround yourself with people who are giving you encouragement and not discouragement. Here, telling you how much the Lord loves you and building you up. And as you soon to hear that, listen, that sweetness, it is healing. You may have heard somebody who likes to criticize. There are many people who love to criticize, aren't there? But uh, I heard an old saying. The old saying was this. It takes no size to criticize. You've ever heard that. You're not a very big person if all you do is criticize. God says, listen, I want you to encourage. I want you to build up. And so, lastly, he says here, last, the last thing I have for you there under that point is this, is that we get to share the good news of Jesus. You know, with our mouth, we get to share the good news of Jesus. And as you share the good news of Jesus, that is the ultimate life-changing thing. Don't let a friend go without knowing who Jesus is. Pray for your friends and seek to tell them how much God loves them. And listen, in part of that, there's a bad news is that we've sinned and we need a Savior. So they need to understand how much that God loves them and God died on the cross and paid for their sin. And then they have to also understand that God is the Savior and He will change their life. Share the good news of Jesus. The lips of the righteous nourish many. And I want you to think about this. Do your words nourish other people? Or are they pulling people down? Are they causing dissension? Are they causing hurt? Are they causing pain? When we go out and we tell people about Christ, we are building them up. We are nourishing them. And as followers of Jesus Christ, as I follow Jesus Christ, my lips, the byproduct is that my lips will reflect who he is. And I start to give nourishment to those around me. And people get encouragement from, the, from my mouth. Oh, my goodness. I, I just I love the good news of Jesus. He says that he that wins souls is wise. That's the next verse. He that wins souls is wise. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. Check that out. If you want to tell somebody about Christ, you're wise. Win them to Jesus. That's what he says. Like, like the good news is you're winning them. You're encouraging them. You're, it's a good thing. So he that wins souls, you win them. You say, man, I've got the best friend in the world. And my best friend is Jesus. I want you to know him too. And so you start and you begin. And so he that wins souls is wise. Well, how can my tongue be destructive? I'm sure many of you know that. The destructive parts is really easy to, to spot how somebody can be destructive. Uh, one of the ways that my tongue can be destructive is through flattery. Check that out. You can come in and you can flatter somebody. Um, Proverbs 20:17 says that the food gained through, uh, through fraud tastes sweet to a man, but he ends up with a mouthful of gravel. In other words, what he's saying there is that, hey, look, if you're going to just go butter people up, 
Tell them what they need to hear so that you can get ahead by flattering somebody else. Your words are like gravel. You're, you're going to be like chewing on gravel. That's what you end up with. Proverbs 26, 28 says that a lying tongue hates those it hurts and a flattering mouth works ruins. Oh, my goodness. There's so much truth there because it's so easy for us to just come and tell people what we want them, what we think they want to hear. In the meantime, they need to hear some encouragement. They need to hear some confrontation. They need to hear some of the bad things, but with a gentle spirit. And they need to be confronted. And so if you see somebody that's harming themselves and you just come over and give them what they want to hear, you're harming them. And so flattery will get you nowhere. You've heard that statement, right? Flattery will get you nowhere. Um, and the scriptures continue on. Proverbs 28, 23. He who rebukes, rebukes a man will in the end gain more favor than he who has a flattering tongue. Wow. So, so God is very clear about this. Proverbs 10 says that someone who holds back the truth causes trouble. If you hold back the truth, you cause trouble. Think about that. You don't talk to your friend who needs this truth. You're causing trouble in their life. And which, by the way, intimacy requires conflict. Some of us were afraid of conflict. Everybody's afraid of conflict, I think, because you just don't like conflict. Conflict isn't fun. But if we don't have conflict, we don't have intimacy. You see, there's a conflict between us and God, and that conflict was dealt with on the cross. The bad news for the wages of sin is death. There's a conflict between you and God. And if you don't understand that conflict, you will never have intimacy with God. So you've got to come and hear the bad news first, that the wages of sin is death, separation from God forever and ever, and a real place called hell, the Bible says. But the way of the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, on the other hand, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And as God gives eternal life, man, this is the good news. So God took that that uh, that bad news. He didn't pretend like it didn't happen. He can't. It's in his character. He cannot do that. And so in your relationships, do not pretend like bad didn't happen. You must deal with it. Is there something shaking? Deal with it. Don't walk away. Don't hide it. Don't, because you know what happens? You just start to build up bitterness and then distance. And pretty soon you no longer have the friendship, the relationship, whatever it may be. Intimacy is the result of truth. And so when we have the truth of the Lord's word. You know, the, another way that, that you can be divisive with your tongue is by arguing. Oh, my goodness. Don't you just love to get around people that are contentious? Don't you love to hang out with somebody who wants to yell at you for an hour? Did you know? Some of you had that over Christmas, didn't you? You got to a family gathering and there was somebody that you haven't seen since last Christmas. And they're still the same. See, arguing is so destructive. And, and you, don't even, you, don't, you don't want to hang out with somebody who argues. Uh, Proverbs 18.6 says, A fool's words get to them in constant, get them into constant quarrels. They're asking for a beating. I love that. <laughs> it's like, okay, God, you said I can beat him now. No, that's not what he said. That's not what he said. But listen, a fool's words is always hitting your buttons, isn't it? Have you ever noticed that? A fool's word always hitting your buttons. 
Proverbs 29:11 says that a fool vents their angers, but they wisely, but the wise quietly hold it back. How many times have you or I said, oh, "Forgive me, I was just venting." No, forgive me, I was just exploding. Wow, the scripture says a fool vents their anger. I listen throughout the years, many people we've dealt with conflict throughout the years. There's always conflict. That's why we have such an intimate church. We have lots of conflict. <laughs> Listen, when there's conflict, people always say, well, I just was, and I'll say, Did you, what were you doing telling that other person? Well, I was just venting. Really? Let me show you what God says about venting. Fools vent their anger. And then look here. Uh, he continues on. Gossip. Gossip's right along that way. Gossip is a terrible, divisive thing. How do you, how do you uh, be destructive with your tongue? Gossip. And let me say this about gossip. Gossip is taking a negative story and carrying it one step further. Did you see? Well, this happened. And then what we do, here's how it works in church world. Okay. Would you pray for? Isn't that how it happens? I think we need to pray for because I saw their car. Yeah, you saw their car. You saw them do something stupid. It doesn't mean that you have to tell somebody else. And you see, God tells us about gossip. Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. You go out there and you spread bad news. You're a fool, he says. A A perverse man stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. You want to separate... See, that's called division. And in, in the book of Corinthians, the Apostle Paul said, we must not bite and devour one another. And gossip is always at the root of it. Many times it's, hey, well, you know, I just, oh, blah, blah, blah. and I just had to tell somebody. No, you didn't. And that's what God tells us here. And I want to give you, there's a, just, just a little quick test here. When, when you're thinking about spreading something, ask yourself three questions. Number one, is it true? Is it true? Is this story true? So, therefore, yeah, it's true. This guy did stupid. Okay. Doesn't mean that you have to repeat it. Is it true? There's a second question. Is it kind? Is it kind that I repeat what happened to him? This guy did something bad and it was harmful to his own life, so I'm going to go tell somebody else about it over here. And then thirdly, is it necessary? And I think that we will find that most of the times what we want to carry on in gossip can be stopped with you. Somebody comes and tells you a good story, uh, a good juicy story. Let me tell you how to handle it. You go like this. Stop. Imagine that. How about when you get a good juicy story on text? You don't have to forward it, and you could even delete it. You could even delete it, you see? So these are the things. And then lastly, lying. We can lie. I mean, a lying mouth is so divisive. When somebody can't tell the truth, we lie to protect ourselves. We lie. Many times we lie because we don't even know who we are. So how can the mouth be destructive? Is by lying. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. A lying tongue only lasts for a short time. Listen, people who lie will always have problems. It never pays to lie. It's never right to lie. 
There was an old statement years ago. It was called, loose lips sink ships. I don't know if uh, some of you old timers remember that, right? That was from World War II. Some of you remember your parents talking that. Loose lips sink ships. Because whenever things got out and and, and went out, it, it actually hurt the national security. Loose lips sink ships. And I want to encourage you to think about this. What do your loose lips sink? When you have a loose lip and you're carrying on gossip, you're carrying on a lie, what does it sink? In the end, I want to share it to you like this. I must learn to use my mouth for godliness. I must learn to use my mouth, my words, for godliness. Read that with me. I must learn to use my mouth for godliness. I'm going to read a passage. It's not on the screen. This is from the book of James, and I love it. James chapter 3 says this, Indeed, we all make mistakes, for if we could, would control our tongues, we would be perfect, and we could control, all, uh, control ourselves in every other way. He says, in other words, the tongue is the root of all of your problems in your life. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. Check out this picture of this horse. Put that little bit in that. Just a little piece of metal. And that, you want that horse to giddy up? You know how to giddy him up. You know how to stop him. You just pull tight and that horse goes. That's what God says your mouth is like. It's a bit. It controls the direction. He says this. He says, a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. On these big, big, massive ocean liners, it's just a very small rudder in the back of the ship, and and it's changing the direction. It's changing the course of life for everybody in it. And as that little rudder turns left, turns right, the boat goes left and right, and he makes decisions. Somebody has to make a decision which way to turn it. And your mouth does the same for your life and for everybody in your boat. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Did you ever hear about those forest fires out in California? Oh, yeah, somebody threw a cigarette out the window. Oh, here we go. Somebody, somebody just let a campfire. Here we go. The tongue is a flame of fire. It is, it is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, and it, sets, and it is set on fire by hell itself. In other words, listen, I've got to give control of my tongue to Jesus. I want to encourage you today. Give control of your tongue to Jesus. Read that with me. Give control of my tongue to Jesus. Jesus himself said like this in Matthew 15, 18. These, the things that come out of a man's mouth come from his heart. And these things make a man unclean. So how do I get control of my mouth? How does Jesus get control of my mouth? He must first get control of my heart. And you surrender that control. Because Jesus said in John 10.10, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it to the full. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So sometimes our mouth can be kill, steal, and destroy. And in the meantime, God says, I've come that you don't have to live like that anymore. Give God control of your heart. I want to encourage you, take these wisdom and see what God will do in your life for 2022. Give your heart to Jesus and watch what he's going to do. Maybe you've been following Christ for some time and you've gotten a little bit relaxed in some of these areas. You've taken matters in your own hands. Well, today, surrender them back to God. Let's pray. Father God, with our heads bowed and eyes closed, we will, we, we will 
we're going to surrender to you, Lord. And I just ask you to, to come before the King of Kings, Lord, for our people as they surrender in front of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Lord. Take our tongues and shape us and mold us for your kingdom's sake, Lord. God, that you will uh, just get control of our heart. So I pray for each person in this room today, Lord, as, as, you, as they surrender and they struggle, Lord, with control of the heart that affects the tongue. God, thank you for this wisdom that you've given us. We will honor you and we will bless you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, folks, I want to thank you for being here today. I want to thank you. Use your mouth for the King of kings and the Lord of lords today. All right? Let's stand up and be dismissed together. As we stand up, would you greet somebody around you and say, I'm using my mouth for good. Hi. God bless you. Have a great day. I was motioning. Dark room in silence, fuel imagination. Tonight the stars shine bright and spell my name. The winter cold chill blows away and bonfire fire warms my heart under the night sky. I'm drifting off in the deep of the valley. Your presence.
truth and power will always remain. But as my eyes close and mind awakes, no words come to fill the space. Cause words, they don't do your power much justice. It's too great, too great to be bound by little letters we make up. And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling you this and that. But the reality is that we can't fully comprehend how you can be all of who you are. And think of us. You think of me. Daily. You have a desire to be a part of my life, and I can't understand why. It's one of those things that's too good to be true, but yet it is. I don't think my job is to understand why. I think all that I'm supposed to do 